Welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and super excited to dive into this episode with you. Now, because this show is all about helping you become a better ultra runner, I wanted to start this episode with an awesome ultra running tip that has helped me to level up my training, and it has to do in the realm of nutrition. Now, race day nutrition is crucial when it comes to finishing an ultra marathon, and in fact, stomach issues are actually the number one cause of DNFs in an ultra, so you got to make sure you're getting the right nutrition. And for years, I've been searching for the best of the best nutrition sources for running, and recently, I found the products that fuel excellently, taste great, and utilize science to prevent any stomach issues and lead to high performance out there on the trails. And those sources are the nutrition items from NAC. NAC is great because it goes beyond just simple carbs and electrolytes for fueling performance. It also incorporates protein and complex carbohydrates that are best to keep you going further for longer. It has protein because it helps you repair your muscles on the go, and it has a mix of both complex and simple carbs to avoid sugar crashes, as well as tons of electrolytes to help you replenish fluid. Typical running products generally lack at least one of these things since they are designed for shorter distances, but NAC is made specifically for ultra runners to help you go further for longer. They have hydration mixes, energy waffles, bars, and purees that you can use on the trail. My personal favorite products are the Watermelon Hydration Mix and the Berries and Nuts Bars. They taste great, they make me feel great, and I'm going to be using them pretty, pretty frequently in my Cocodona training and race as well. And because I believe in NAC so much, I partner with them to give you 15% off your first order with code EverydayUltra when you go to NAC.com and place your order. That's N-A-A-K.com and using the code EverydayUltra at checkout for 15% off your first order. Or you can go to the link in the show notes to place your order. That's 15% off your order by going to naak.com or go to the link in the show notes. Use code EverydayUltra at checkout for 15% off your first order. Give them a try, nail down your fueling for your next ultra with NAC, and remember, fuel well out there on your ultras and you will perform well. All right, everybody, let's get into the episode and let's dive right in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione. And let me tell you, when I'm excited for the topic that we're going to cover on this episode, that is just an absolute understatement because this is one of the biggest shifts that people can make and not just their training, not just ultra running, but ultimately life that can have you to achieve any goal that you set your mind to. And I know that sounds like a very big promise and it sounds clickbaity and it sounds like, oh my gosh, like any goal, I truly believe that it all comes with what we're going to be talking about today. And that is key mindset shifts 
that you have to make in order to make progress as an ultra runner. Now, as I said before, this conversation is going to be geared towards ultra running, but know that the same principle applies to anything in your life, whether it's, you know, running your own business, your career, friendships, like anything like that, finances, it doesn't matter what those things are. The same principles apply, but we're going to talk into the lens of ultra running because this is something that I see really, really holds a lot of people back. And when it comes to making progress and Listen, you can have great training on physical paper and you can hit the key workouts and you can show up for your training, but I truly believe that if you don't have this specific mindset shift that you can consciously make, it's going to be harder to hit the goals that you are going at, right? Because one of the reasons that attracts so many people to ultra running and attracts me to ultra running is just not that it's a physical sport. It's also very much a mental sport. So in order to progress as an athlete, you not only have to train the body, but you also have to train the mind. And that doesn't just mean being mentally resilient. It also means taking care of this mindset shift that we're going to be talking about today. And this helped me to really propel, you know, my own career in ultra running and getting the results that I have. And without getting too far into the details of my story, because I know if you're a frequent listener to the podcast, you know a lot about my story. Um, but if you are relatively newer and don't know about my story, I'll just kind of share a little bit of brief background. Um, I was not a runner at all, or even athletic by trade growing up. I didn't play team sports besides golf, and that's arguably a sport, and I can say that because I golf, but um, didn't run at all. And I really started running seriously in 2018. I was running here and there like a little bit um, before 2018, like a little bit in 2017. That's really where I started to like work out, but wasn't serious. And then when I really started to get consistent with the running was 2018. And at the time when I first started, like I was not good. I was really, really slow. I struggled. I got sore muscles all the time. I could barely run a mile. I remember the first time I did a 5k, it just totally kicked my ass. I could not even walk the next day. Like I literally, like I remember uh, at the time I was bartending and I had to be on my feet pretty much all day. And I remember like any opportunity that I could do to like fold the napkins, like I would totally do it because then I could sit down and do it and, and take a break off my legs. Um, but I could barely walk the next day out of a 5K. And then fast forward to now, like I've not only completed multiple 100 milers, multiple ultra distances, but I've won several ultra marathons. I've placed top 20 at Havelina 100 twice, which is one of the most competitive 100 milers in the world. And a lot of the times, right? Like I always say like the, the training is something that really helped me to level up onto there as well. But really the mindset shift that I'm talking about today was probably the biggest, bigger shift in terms of the training, because I see people do very similar training and, you know, sometimes they don't get as quick of results. And of course there's other factors that can play into that too. Right. But I really think the biggest difference is a matter of mindset. And this is going to be the shift that we talk about in here that's going to help you to do it. So if you feel like you're plateauing, if you feel like you're not making progress and you're running and you feel like you're, you know, just kind of hitting a wall with your training and you're doing all the workouts and stuff, I'm I'm telling you like this shift if this is something that you're currently going through, will totally help you in your training. So I'll kind of go back again to my journey and, and just kind of talk about, you know, what, how I identified this shift. So when I first started to run, when I first started to run, because I didn't have a running background, because I was someone who didn't play sports growing up, I would always tell myself, I'm incredibly unathletic or I am 
not a runner or I'm very slow. And I would have all of these labels that I would put onto me. And I would tell myself this subconsciously and also just even consciously at some parts when I was running, right? I would be out there running. I'd be huffing and puffing. And in the back of my head, I'm like, oh man, I'm so slow. I'm not cut out for this. Like I'm not a good runner. And I would say all these things. And every time I would go out there, it would reinforce these things, right? And then it even gets worse when, you know, you start to see other people on Strava and you see that they're super fast and everything like that. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm really not fast. Like I'm slow. And what happened was I kept telling myself this story and spinning up this narrative that I wasn't fast, that I wasn't a runner, that I wasn't athletic. And now kind of getting into like the brain a little bit, like as I started my ultra running journey, simultaneously, I was also very much into learning about psychology and the brain and the mind and how it works. And a lot of kind of the things that I was seeing in how the brain works was translating into why telling myself that specific story was holding me back. Now it's going to, now listen, I don't just say, you can say like, I'm a runner, I'm a runner. And like, you know, you can all of a sudden transform a runner. That's not where I'm going here, but just kind of getting into the science a little bit here. What happens is our brain is meant to keep us safe. It's not meant to keep us happy. It's not meant to keep us from feeling good. What it is, it's meant to keep us alive. Even if that means making us in a stressed out state or doing those things. Now, what is the thing that usually is the quote unquote safest for the brain is familiarity right? Think about like when you're in a routine, like things just feel like easy. They feel natural. And like, those are the things that generally happen on autopilot because your brain can use less energy doing it because it is a subconscious thing, right? And so if it needs more energy to do something, which is generally something that's out of our comfort zone or a new action, or if there's like an unexpected thing, what's going to happen is our brain, it's going to require our brain to do something else, think about a solution. And in turn, that's going to deplete energy from our brain. And ultimately that's going to give it a signal that that there is more risk for death. This sounds extreme, but this is what's going on in between our ears when there is more thinking involved. So that's why, for the most part, like running on subconscious autopilot is a safe, quote unquote, safe move for the brain because it doesn't require as much energy to go about it. Now, what that also means, it doesn't just apply to routines, habits, actions, and things like that. It also applies to the beliefs and the narratives that we tell ourselves. Because if we tell ourselves that are a certain narrative about ourselves, whether it is I am slow, whether it is I'm not a good runner, whether it is uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to never be able to do 100 miles, right? Like even if you say those things, the more times you say those things, the more you reinforce the belief. And actually to get deeper into what happens into the brain is, and this is how subconscious um, thoughts, how actions, how all these things develop, is that the more times you repeat those things, what happens is there's actually a uh, synapsis connection in your brain that actually gets stronger and stronger the more that you repeat that thing. Think about like muscle memory with something, right? Like, you know, when you're doing something like, you know, driving or things like that, or, you know, you do something every single morning that just seems automatic, right? And it's just muscle memory at that point. When you first started to do that thing, ultimately it felt a little awkward. It felt a little weird. Like it didn't really feel like something that was normal. But then over time, the more that you repeat those things, the more that your body just seems to fall into it and just do it without even thinking. And that's because each time that you did it beforehand, it created a new neural connection that was stronger and ultimately will have it just to be much more of a quote unquote, hardwired connection inside of your brain. Now, if the same thing goes true with beliefs and how you think and your thinking patterns. So 
if we know that to be true, if we keep telling ourselves, whether it is out loud, whether it is in our head, whether it is how we talk to other people, right? And listen, I get on calls with runners all the time and they come to me and they're like, hey, like, you know, I'm just really slow or hey, like, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do 100 miles or any of the things like that, right? And all those things in those moments, I'm saying like, hey, like, no, like, you know, that's, that's not true. Like, and don't say like, that's not true because, and I'll get to the caveat on that, but I always try and reframe those things to be like, no, like you are a runner, like you are getting after it and everything like that. And there is a mindset shift to go into that, but I try and steer people away from that because the more that you say those things and the more that you believe the thoughts that are coming in true, giving you those signals, the stronger the connection goes inside of your brain. So then ultimately what's going to happen is that's going to be a default belief inside of your brain. Now here is the interesting thing about belief too, right? Now that that's hardwired into your brain a little bit, um, that's going to really influence a lot of the subconscious actions that you take. Because again, if we're going back to this thing, our brain is meant to keep us safe and safety to our brain means certainty. So here's the one thing that the brain can do. Let's just say we have this hardwire belief that we are slow, that we can't do hundred miles, that we can't whatever, insert whatever negative belief or narrative that we're telling ourselves. And by the way, quick pause here. If you are, you know, listening to this and you're like, I don't have any of these beliefs. Like I, you know, I, I usually think everybody does have them to some extent and whether it is ultra running or anything else in general, like just be super clear on like some of the things that you're saying where you're like, Oh, I'm not this, I'm not that. Or like, you know, I'm not a mountain runner, right? It's like, Oh, I'm a good runner, but like, I'm not a mountain runner or, Oh, I'm a good runner, but like, you know, I just don't like the, I'm not a flat runner. I shouldn't say I don't like, cause like is a different thing, but you might have something that's like, I'm not a flat runner or I'm not a good climber or I'm not a, you know, um, good on the descents or things like that. And those things could objectively be true. But again, there's a different way to frame those things in terms of how to see it in a productive lens, as opposed to just like putting it a label as who we are. Right. So I'll go into that in a second, but just quick pause just to say, cause I know some people might be listening to this be like, I have like, I don't have any of these stuff, but just do a check, just do a gut check. I even see sometimes I, you know, can have these things pop up like for years and years and years, like early in my ultra running career, after I made the shift, I would tell myself, I said like, Hey, like I'm a good runner, but like, I'm definitely a flatter runner. Like I am a flatter runner. And then in the end of the day, I was like, wait, like, is that inhibiting me from like my mountain performance and things like that? Like, wait, hold on. Like, you know, I need to make a shift here and I'll talk about the big shift, um, that, you know, to go in that process. But anyways, pause there and a little bit of a tangent to say, like, if you're thinking about this and you're like, I don't have any of these thoughts, just think about maybe some of the smaller things that you could be saying that could be inhibiting this thing. Anywho, what I meant before. Now, if you keep telling yourself this stuff and your brain is putting this as a belief in your head, what's going to happen is I usually like to link in this. And I actually like got this analogy from Tony Robbins, who is a really big mindset mentor um, that I've you know followed for years and years and years. And I still listen to very frequently as well. Um, but he described this as seeing it as a um, like kind of like an air conditioning unit. And so like, think about like when you have an air conditioner, when you have an air conditioner, you generally will program that air conditioner to kick on at a specific temperature, right? And then you also have heat in your house that will also kick on at a specific temperature as well. And that specific temperature can be likened to the belief that you set yourself at. So if you see yourself as someone who is not fast, that is the programming that you have in your internal air conditioner. So let's just thinking about that, right? So if we're saying like that belief, belief is like, oh, you know, I'm not fast. And let's just say like in your head, you have like a specific pace range that you've ran in the past. And that's what you believe like your true kind of pace to be. 
if you are like progressing or you are running a little faster or you are getting in those things, sometimes what our brain's going to do, and I see this all the time and I've heard this from athletes as well that I coach is like, they look down at their watch, they see the specific pace and then they go, Oh, wait, hold on. Like subconsciously, this isn't a conscious thing, but subconsciously the brain goes, wait a second. Like you're not a fast runner. Hold on a second here. Like you're going out a little too hard. And then all of a sudden, like subconsciously you might get slower and slower, or like you might start to like, you know, make things like, oh man, I'm starting to get a little hot. Or you start to like make a little bit of excuses that are going to slow you down. And basically what that is, is that that's the internal air conditioner kicking in. And it's trying to get you back to that belief of just reinforcing of like, Hey, like I am a slow runner. What we tell ourselves and the beliefs that we define ourselves, our brain is trying to look for validations to make that true. And that's where it can come in the realm of self-sabotage. It can come in the realm of races when like all of a sudden something goes wrong and you're like, see, like I knew hundred miles wasn't destined for me. These are things that we have to change subconsciously within ourselves to make sure that we can ultimately change those things. So the point here that I'm trying to make is that there could be these narratives, these beliefs, these stories that we tell ourselves, the labels that we put on ourselves that are ultimately limiting us from reaching our big ultra running goals. Cause I talk with clients all the time and I talk with athletes all the time. Like I like, um, you know, I hear this all the time where people are like, yeah, you know, I really want to just like go out and finish this ultra. I really think it would be cool though to like eventually like get on the podium, but like, you know, I don't know if that's me. Like, that's not me. And it's like, well, right off the bat, like you're just writing that off. Like if that's, if you think that that's not you, then you're not going to take the actions to do those things. Right. And that's the converse side of it is even if like you start, even like if you don't start to take the actions towards it, like you're probably not even going to put it into motion because like, if you believe, Oh, like I'm not someone who wants to go for the podium, you're probably not going to make the actions to put it in place to make that happen. So I think the first step is always looking through and assess the labels that you're putting on yourself. Now, by the way, this doesn't make you a bad person. This doesn't make you like bad or dumb or like any of these things. This is our brain just doing what it does. And this is the moment where we have to separate ourselves from our brain. And that's like one of the biggest things that helps me in ultra marathon is separating myself from my brain because sometimes my brain and I will tell you even if I've gone through this practice that I kind of talked to you about I still get negative thoughts that pop through the head every once in a while but once you recognize those negative thoughts as not being true and just being our brain giving us suggestions to keep us safe and we realize oh this is just my brain it's not me then ultimately we can separate ourselves from that and just be like oh no I'm making the conscious decision to believe this positive thought this positive belief that's going to move me forward at ultimately get me closer to my goals. And that's where we can take the conscious choice to not let our brain drive us, but we drive our brain, our decisions, our actions to hit our ultra marathon goals. And so when you're looking at these beliefs and you're writing them down, recognize that this isn't a reflection on you. This is just a reflection on our brain putting that. And I think that's a big distinction to make because sometimes I remember when I first went through this process, I looked at all like the beliefs that I put down. I put down, I wasn't fast enough. I, I would never be a fast runner. I could never run a hundred miles, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, like I really mean to myself. And then when I made the shift to say like, oh wait, no, this is just the brain making rules. It's not me. And that really was a big shift because if you really get down deep into your core, 
I think there's always a self-belief in ourselves. There really is. Like behind the negative voice, behind like the negative BS and beliefs that our brain throws us, deep down, like you know that you can do something great. We've all had those moments. We've all had those moments where we get the flash of that, that vision inside of our head of us crossing the line of that 100 miler, of us maybe getting on the podium, of us like seeing us hit a PR, of us, you know, making that content that inspires people. Like whatever those things are, we've had those flashes about that. And those are the flashes that got us to start running in the first place that got us to start chasing those goals but over the line sometimes those beliefs can kick in especially when shit hits the fan especially when shit gets hard like those beliefs can kick in whether we know it consciously or not consciously and it kind of gets us away from that inner drive that inner vision that inner passion that got us into the sport into the first place so all we need to do is we need to separate ourselves from those beliefs and ultimately get past those so that we can move forward and we can become who we want to become because we can do it now the big thing is uh yeah i'm really just going deep on this but um Anyways, going back to step number one, which is just really getting honest with yourself and writing down the narratives that you continue to tell yourself. So for me, when I was going through this process, um, when I first started out, I would write things down like, um, I keep telling myself that I'm not a fast runner. I keep telling myself that I am not a runner. I keep telling myself that, you know, man, if I can't do a 5K, like, which I did do the 5K, but if I can do a 5K where I'm coming out, you know, pretty fresh, how the hell am I going to do 100 miles ever, right? Because that was kind of like the vision of what I wanted to accomplish, right? It's writing all these things down. And you take a look at those things. And and again, the, the next step here is detaching yourself from these specific labels and just knowing that this is the brain making rules for you, right? So you write that down on there. Now, the second step, and this is just, it, it sounds so simple. It sounds so trite. It sounds so stupid, but I'm telling you, it's super, super powerful, is you look at those lists of labels and you look at those things on there and I want you, wherever applicable, to put this word after them. And that word is yet. Yet. So, for example, when I was writing this down, I said, I am not a fast runner. Yet. I am not a runner. Yet. I am not able to run 100 miles. Yet. Because when you have that yet on there, what it does, we all know what that word yet means. It means that there is in not only the possibility that we are going to get there, but yet means that we will get there, right? We will get there. So even just that shift in language, that that just one little powerful word starts to unlock those things as saying, I'm not a faster runner yet, right? And when we hear the word yet, like I'm not there yet, like we always think like, oh, like there is a chance to get there. So we start to unlock those things. Now, of course, that one word isn't going to do those whole things. But what this is doing is getting you into the process of saying yet. So for example, like when I'm going through this stuff, like, and I saw that thing yet, like I would say like, oh, I'm not a faster runner yet. Oh, like I'm not a runner yet. I'm not able to run a hundred miles yet. Right. Even when I was signed up for Cocodona, like there was a point in my training where, you know, I could say like, Hey, like, and listen, there is a part of me that wants to go out and potentially win Cocodona. Like I do want to do that. And so, but where I was at early in the training, I said like, I don't think I can win Cocodona yet. 
And so those are things that I even tell myself to this day, because here's the reality. Like there is a reality that maybe you aren't a fast runner. Maybe you aren't a right now. Currently, you aren't a fast runner. Currently, you aren't a good climber. Currently, you aren't good at descents. And that's okay because it doesn't mean that you're going to be those things forever. Where the labels and the assessments of our skills now go haywire is when we say that this is who we are now and this is who we're going to be in the future. And this is a big shift that you have to make. This is the mindset shift right here that's surrounding the whole episode is that your traits, your abilities, who you are now, what you can do now are not things that are fixed. They're not fixed traits. The human brain is meant to adapt. Humans are meant to adapt. Things are malleable, right? We are able to have skills be malleable and our abilities to be malleable so we can improve and get better so therefore when we're saying yet what we're doing is we're implicitly going through and saying that I do believe I can get better at those things because you can and so when you make statements like I'm not a faster runner they have to be with the implication that this is I'm not a faster runner yet because if you just say I'm not a faster runner and you define that as who you are as a person you're inherently believing that you can't get fast because you believe that's who you are at your core but the reality is it's just a skill thing it's just a matter of skills it's just a matter of just getting better it's a matter of building fitness it's a matter of putting in the work and the training to do so and that is something that you can do to get better to eventually get fast so the assessments in those statements that you make of I'm not a good descending I'm not good at descending I'm not good at climbing I'm not good at nutrition when you make those statements they have to be in a reflection of where you are right now but they can't be a definitive sentence of where you're going to be in the future where you're going to continue to be because who you are today does not define who you are in the future like that is the big thing to really really go on because think about it the reason why you're saying all these things is because they're based off of past experiences you say you're not good at descending because there was probably some races or some trail runs that you did where the descending didn't go well. You probably say you're not fast because, you know, maybe in, and again, fast is a very subjective thing, but you know, and maybe like some of the times you ran were relatively slower than, you know, some other people in the place. They're based off of true things in the past. But what really fucks things up is when we take those past experiences, we bring them to the present and we use that as a predictor for the future, which is absolutely bullshit. But it will become reality if you don't do anything to change those things and you let those beliefs and narratives run your life. That's where you have to look at those beliefs. You have to say, fuck that belief. And you have to put in the steps to get there first. Now, of course, we could talk about the actions and the steps to take, but I really think the big thing is to just get in the mindset of it. Because once you can say like, oh, I'm not good at descending and not putting it at a label on ourselves, then ultimately we can use that as a signal to say like, oh, here's where I am at now. I'm not good at descending yet. What do I need to do to get there? And then you take an objective view on it and you don't see that as, as a definitive sentence of where you're going to be in the future. So getting super clear and honest about that is really, really huge and making that mindset shift on there. Now, that big shift is in you know terms, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, is going from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. And a fixed mindset is exactly what we were just talking about. A fixed mindset believes that your traits, your skills, your abilities are fixed at where they are and they are static. You're either born this way or you're not. You're either a fast runner or you're not. You're either able to run or you're 
you're not. You're able to be a good mountain runner or you're not. And that's just the way that it is. And a lot of the times with the fixed mindset, I mean, think about it from a young age, we're almost programmed to feel like we have fixed mindsets, right? Like by the time we're, you know, 18, we have to go in and pick a major at college to see, you know, what path we're going to go on and where we're going to be good. And even like the SATs, right? Like when we're taking the SATs, if you're in the United States, if you take the SATs, it's going to assess like where you are at in math and English and all this other stuff, right? And it gives you a score of where you're at. And that's going to determine whether you can get into a specific college or not, right? So we're kind of conditioned at like a young age to really think that we have these like fixed mindset abilities. But in reality, what we have to do and shift from is a growth mindset. And that growth mindset, the inherent belief behind the growth mindset is that you can learn anything that you want to learn. Your skills are malleable. Your skills are adaptable. Your abilities are always adaptable. And that is one thing that you have to have as an ultra runner if you really, really want to go and hit your full potential as an ultra runner is you have to have a growth mindset to learn and believe because like the road to ultra marathoning is hard. Going from a marathon 200 miles, it's not an easy thing to do. And you have to truly believe that you can go from that distance to another. I hear even, and I'm sure as an ultra runner, you probably hear this from a lot of people who you'd say, hey, like I ran a 50K this past weekend and someone goes to you and says, I could never do that, right? Right off the bat, like that's like a fixed mindset kind of thing. So I'm not saying you don't have to think those things or like you don't have to like bastardize people for going through and saying those things. But the reality is, it's like we need to catch ourselves every moment that we have that and we need to redirect it into a growth mindset to have that on there, right? And so it's not a matter of like, I can't do this now. It's what do I got to do to get there and truly believe in that you can adapt and get malleable on it. Now I can sit here and I can tell you, believe that you can adapt, believe that you can get better, believe that you can do these things. But the reality is like, you can say all these things you want and you can believe those things, but your brain is going to come through and just again, try and keep you safe. It's going to be like bullshit. Like you can't just, and I talk about this on the podcast all the time, the Alex Hormozy quote, you don't just get confident by shouting affirmations in the mirror. You have to build an undeniable stack of proof of who, who like you are of who you say you are. Right. And the same thing goes with beliefs. Like in order to really have that belief in there, you have to truly have the undeniable proof that that belief is true because think about it. The other beliefs, they got hardwired because of the true evidence that was shown in those things as well. Of course it gets misread and it gets misread as a future indicator, And that's the thing to, you know, really, really keep in check. But the same thing is true with positive beliefs. And I always go with this is like, you are, have already done things that prove these beliefs to be true. You've already done things. Even if, even if, even if like you haven't like leveled up or ran a mile or anything, like no matter where you are in your life, you have done things that prove this to be true. So at the most fundamental level of life, right? Like Think about it. We were born as a baby. We're born as a baby and we can't talk. We can't walk. We can't control our bowels. We poop ourselves. Like we're just like a mess, right? But over time, like what do we do? We start to get up on our legs and we start to walk around. Like we learn how to do that. Like, <laughs> like we weren't just born and all of a sudden it's like, you can't walk. Like, I mean, I know some, some very, very unfortunate and very sad cases. That's the thing that's, you know, could be the reality for some people. Um, you know, but you know, for a lot of the different things like talking and walking things that, you know, we are able to do in those scenarios, like those are things that we had to learn and adapt from along the way. 
inherently the same thing's true with you know what you're doing in your current career right like if you are a construction worker if you're a teacher if you're any of those things like these are skills that you learned along the way and weren't inherently born with these are skills that you had to learn to be in that specific position right if you're a parent like you weren't born knowing how to be a good parent like you had to learn how to parent you had to learn how to bring up you know your son or your daughter or anything like in terms of being a good parent and showing up right like these are all things that we all have learned along the way, right? And so why do we have to see ultra running in a different lens, right? Like why do we have to see ultra running in a different lens? And by the way, you might have beliefs in other areas that I mentioned before that do maybe limit you in some certain areas, right? I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good, you know, parent. I'm not a good whatever, X, Y, and Z. I'm not a good at my job, like whatever those things, right? You those things can apply to anything else, but there's probably something in your life that you have done that has gotten there. And listen, if you're listening to this podcast on ultra running, for the most part, you might have likely, likely I will say, have had a background where you went from not running at all to running, whether it was years ago or whether it was yesterday, or whether it even just is, is a point of listening to this podcast. And maybe even, even if you haven't run a mile, you are still doing something to learn and get better and to get there. So like I always say, like write down the things that you have made progress on and you have gotten better at. And I think that is the real, real big key to reinforcing this belief in your head. Now, what I did, and I actually went through this with a client the other day, um, and I think, that, and thinking back on this, this was like one of the transformations that I really had to make to really just level up this belief, uh, this growth mindset in my life, is when, when this is a really, really interesting thing. So before you go to bed and before you wake up every single morning, those are the times that your brain is actually the most susceptible to information. So like, it's most susceptible to like, like things being um, uh, registered in your mind because your guard's kind of down a little bit. You're a little bit more tired. Like you're not on high alerts. Like you're kind of just like waking up. So studies do show that your brain is more receptive to information to, to retain it when you wake up in the morning, uh, a few minutes after you wake up in the morning and then uh, right before you're going to bed because it's those like really tired states that like really go. Like think about like hypnotists. Like when you see hypnotists do like all this different stuff, like the state that they put people in is a very, very relaxed state. It's a very relaxed state where you're, you know, your guards pretty much down and everything like that. I've even gone through hypnosis before. It's interesting. Um, you know, whether you believe it or not, um, I totally get it. I don't want to get like too woo here, but the whole thing with hypnosis is you get the person into a state where their guard is down. And so usually before you're going to bed or when you're waking up in your morning, your guard's a little bit more down. So your brain's much more suggested those things. Where the hell are you going with this, Joe? I got you right here. So what I would do, and I did this for, for years and years, like every single day, I don't do it now because it's very much automatic, but like for years and years and years, like what I did to help to rewire this growth mindset in my mind was I would write down, and this is specific for running. So I'll keep it specific for running, but, um, specific for running, I would write down the things that I was proud of and the things that I made progress on in my running. So like, for example, if I ran like the furthest distance I ever ran, which like at the time I would, you know, run a mile one day and then the next day, you know, I could run like 1.25 miles or like whatever. Right. I would write down like, wow, I went a quarter mile further today. Like that was amazing. Like I made progress or Hey, my average pace dropped today or Hey, like, you know, I, 
was able to, you know, hit my nutrition on like this specific run, I would write down those things of like the successes that I had and right before I went to bed. And what that was doing was that was signaling to my brain that it's like, hey, I am improving. I am doing these things because most times we do improve, but we don't give ourselves too much credit because we're not being aware of those things. The only time where we really celebrate wins is, you know, on races or things like that. But like, we should just celebrate the day-to-day wins that we're seeing in terms of progress. Like all I do is to to this day, like this morning, I like absolutely nailed a tempo run workout. And I remember getting into my car and I was like, fuck yeah. Like that was awesome. Like, oh man, like, man, like I feel like I'm, I'm getting faster. Like, I feel like, uh, like I'm looking at my splits from where I was like earlier in the training block. And I'm like, look at this, I'm progressing. Like, this is great. And even though it was like a training like run, then, you know, in the end of the day, I still celebrated it just as much as I did a win and, uh, or a win or even a race or anything like that. And I think we have to do those things in order to, to register it in our brain. Hey everybody, I want to take a quick break in this episode to give you a quick ultra running tip that's going to help you perform better and stay well hydrated because the better hydrated you are, the better you're going to perform. But to be well hydrated, you have to have hydration gear that is not going to fail you on the runs. And listen, I've used many bladders, handhelds, and soft flasks over the years, and many of them have failed on me in a race, on a long training run, or they just wear down after a while. But there's one brand that I've been using a ton that has high quality hydration products that last long, they're reliable, and they're super versatile no matter what pack or gear that you're using. And that's the hydration gear from HydraPack. They make hydration bladders, soft flasks, handhelds, and they're all designed to support you on your ultra running adventures. I've been using their handhelds on all of my shorter runs. And the cool thing is they actually have a new handheld that you don't have to grip or squeeze because it straps to your hand. And I've been also using their soft flasks with which fit perfectly in any hydration vest no matter what brand you have. And I also use their bladder on my longer training runs that I'm doing for Cocodona 250. And as a heads up, if you use a soft flask on Solomon's or Ultra Spire's running packs, you use HydroPack before. So it's the same exact brand on there, but just their own specific uh, soft flask that you can have. So if you're looking to do soft flask swaps at aid stations, then that is a good thing that's going to be as versatile in those packs that you're using or any pack in general. Plus, they not only make water reservoirs, but they also have water filter caps that insert directly onto their bottles, where all you have to do is fill up water from a stream or even snow if you're in a snowy area, and as you drink from the bottle, it automatically filters it so you don't have to lug liters and liters of water with you. I know I'm going to be using this filter during Cocodona this year and also on some long training runs that I have planned for the year as well. And since I want you to have the best hydration products out there, HydroPack is going to give you 20% off anything on their website when you go to hydropack.com or the link in the show notes and use code EverydayUltra20 by going to hydropack.com. That's H-Y-D-R-A-P-A-K.com or go to the link in the show notes. Use code EverydayUltra20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. That's hydropack.com. The more excited we get about something, the more that our brain sees it as significant. Thanks so So much for listening. Think about the times in your life when you were the most happiness you had. Or I shouldn't say, well, yes, I mean, the the happiest, so to say, but also to the memories that you can think of like pretty strongly. There was probably a very strong emotion with it, right? A very, very strong emotion with it. And so a lot of the times of training and a lot of the times like in those like, you know, minute, seemingly minute training runs, like they seem like they're very ordinary and they're kind of just, you know, 
forgettable for the most part is because we don't have a high enough emotion on it. But like for me, when I know like I hit a really good training run, like I try and like get my emotion up super, super high so I can remember that training run because then I can remember anytime that I'm in a race or anytime that I'm struggling or anytime where I feel like I'm stuck, like in wherever I'm at. And I can be like, oh, like, no, I nailed that one workout. And like, I did better than I did that day than another day because I did X, Y, and Z. So like, yeah, like I can get better at this thing. Right. And so you want to attach that emotion to your workout. So you hit a faster workout today, even if it was only by like, you know, five minutes, like fucking celebrate it. And like, I don't mean really celebrate it, like get happy. Like you went faster on an interval like today than you did two weeks ago. Like celebrate that. You went the furthest distance that you ran in your training block. Fuck yeah. Like celebrate that. You walked less on that long run. Not to say that walking is a bad thing because I'll be doing a lot of walking at Coca-Dona, but, um, you walked less on that run. Like, and that means something to you. Like, yeah, celebrate that. The more emotion that you can put into that victory and that celebration, the more you're going to rewire that belief in your brain. So it's a combination of sitting down and writing down those things every day. And I mean, writing them down. I even think writing down like in a physical book is better than just in the phone. If you can just do the phone, if that's all you have access to, that's fine too. But there's something about like the tangible writing that like makes it just seem a lot more real, which is like what I did. And actually, if you go into my old house um, where I grew up, my parents' house, like there's a bunch of books there that like, I think there's like eight or nine just like spiral bound notebooks that are just all filled with this stuff. Cause I did this for years and years and years and it's just all built with like everything that I was like super proud of and, you know, making this stuff. But you know, when you do it one time, it does have an effect, but very small. When you do it two times, it has an even greater effect. Three times it has an even greater effect, but that consistency compounds. And like, think about what I mentioned to earlier in the beginning, your brain is making those neural synapses with that repetition that you're making of that label. Now, if you're showing yourself every Every day, I am making progress. I am getting better. I am doing great at these things. And you do it over and over and over and over again. Now you're making the new mental synapses, the new neural connections that are being stronger with that growth mindset to truly believe that I can make progress no matter where I'm at now. And so that is what you're doing in there is you're setting up that belief for success when you're doing it over and over and over and over again. And then when you combine it with that high emotion, that also just even more so reinforces that belief. So writing down the things you're proud of for the day, uh, when you wake up in the morning to not just going before you go to bed, when before you go to bed and when you wake up in the morning. Now, before you go to bed, I always say the things that you're proud of on the day. And even if it wasn't something running related, just taking anything that you are proud of on that day that you made progress on is going to be super, super helpful to think about. So let's just say you maybe didn't have the best run today, which listen, Years into running for me, there are days when I don't have good runs. It happens to every single athlete. If you're an athlete that has a good run every single day of your training block, then you are likely not pushing hard enough or you're likely kidding yourself. Everybody has bad run days. So um, even, even this guy on the microphone right now. So um, if you had like a bad run day and you can't see something in there as well, you can say like, hey, I showed up even though I was really tired. Or hey, I showed up even when it was hard. Hey, like I'm still committed to showing up for my workout tomorrow even though today sucked. And even if you don't wanna see it on running, there's probably something in your day where you made progress. Hey, I nailed that work presentation today. Hey, you know what? I was like a good husband and I did show up today. Hey, I was a good father and I read, you know, the, the book to, to Susie before bedtime. Like whatever those things are, like noting those things each day. Because our brain is always trying to find the negative things and it's always trying to reinforce the negative things like let's just reinforce the positive things as much as we possibly can to build that neural connection that we can make progress and so that is going to be the big thing for sure is making progress now one note on here 
all the time, like I hear different things when people come to me and they say like, yes, I get it. But like, you know, maybe I'm in a situation that's a little bit harder or I'm older or things like that. Right. Like I am, you know, older later on in my ultra running career and like, Joe, you're much younger. Of course, it's easier for you to say these things and all that stuff. I know that there are people who, um, and I'm not saying this is the case for everybody, but I do know a lot of people who like one of my good friends in the area, Scott Treyer, he is, you know, he's in his early forties and that dude can smoke me anytime in terms of running. Like he can put me in the dust for sure. Um, shout out Scott. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I did race him at crown King scramble last year and he blew me out of the water. Um, and so he's a very talented runner and everything like that. Now I'm not saying that that applies to everybody, but like, again, like all of those things, like to say like, Oh, like I am an older runner or Hey, like I have a lot of injury history. Like, again, like those are labels and in reality they might be true, but they shouldn't be definitive statements of what you can and can't do. Because a lot of times people say, I'm not even going to try because I'm older on. But again, a lot of those things are BS. Even when clients come to me and I work with clients who, you know, some of them are 40 years old, some of them are 50 years old. And they like say like, Hey, like, you know, I'm a little bit older in my ultra running journey. And like, I don't know if I can do hundred miles. And I'm like, it doesn't matter like what the age is. It matters. Here's the thing that matters in the end of the day. And this gets to the next point on here. It doesn't matter like what your situation is. It matters if you're willing to learn and you're willing to put in the work. Like that's the big caveat with this whole thing. And if you're listening to this podcast 40 minutes in, you are definitely willing to learn. So I already know you got that checkbox on there. And if you are listening to this podcast about ultra running, I know you're willing to do the work because ultra running is fucking hard. It's not an easy thing. And the work is hard. But that's the requirement. Once you have the belief, you have to be willing to learn and you have to be willing to put in the work. Now, those are the two things like, and so the statement, the statement, the mindset shift, the big statement, the million dollar statement that I always tell myself, and this is like the crux of the belief in my life and not just ultra running, but everything else. And that is I can become whoever I want to become as long as I'm willing to learn and put in the work. That's it. That's the one belief that matters in anything in life, in ultra running, in anything like that. I'm, I can become anyone who I want to become as long as I'm willing to learn and put in the work. And so again, you can't just believe your way to making the change in your life. You actually have to be willing to learn and you have to put in the work. So for example, let's just go on the example of like, I'm not a faster runner. If you believe that you're like not a faster runner yet, but you can get faster, okay, now I need to learn and I need to put in the work. So the learning thing comes into the uh, semblance of, you know, could be listening to the Everyday Ultra podcast, like a shameless plug there. But um, regardless, um, to keep it, you know, again, thank you for listening to the podcast, of course. And we have a lot of ton, ton of great resources, let me tell you. But aside from the shameless plug, um, just learning, there's so many good resources out there when it comes to learning, you know, how to structure and over workouts and how to structure your training and how to get better recovery and like how to really increase speed, right? Trying to find those resources to learn those things. And that's like, um, you know, why, like for me, like when I really needed to learn, because I'll tell you one of the biggest shifts that I made, it was like, you know, I knew I wanted to be an ultra runner and I did become an ultra runner, but I wanted to be a competitive ultra runner. And that was like the big thing that I wanted to do. And I said, like, I want to go out and I want to get a golden ticket at Havelina Hunt. And I want to be an elite ultra runner. And at the time I said, I'm not an elite ultra runner yet. Okay. So now I need to be willing to learn and I need to be willing to put in the work. So the learning piece, like what I did was I hired a coach at the time I hired one of the best ultra marathon athletes of all time to really just help me to ultimately like figure this things out. And, you know, um, I basically went to my coach at that time and I said like, Hey, like, 
like, this is what I want to do. Here's my goal. Like, what do I have to do to get here? And what we did was we, you know, crafted a plan together and he taught me the techniques and the strategies, a lot of them, which I share, you know, on this podcast pretty frequently, but you know, that was the learning piece was learning it. And then doing the work was I had to show up and do the fucking work. I had to like show up and do the training programs and, you know, show up on those things and make sure I got in the good recovery and make sure I nailed the workouts and make sure I did all those things. Big caveat on doing the work is not just, you know, showing up and doing the work. I think like a lot of people can show up and do the work, but I think the big thing is doing the work and continuing to do the work even when it's hard even when it is hard, because that is the thing that fucks a lot of people up is like the work is the work. And like, we can show up and have these runs, but sometimes there's going to be times when, you know, Hey, it's a busy fucking day. And you know, are you going to get in that, that workout? And now granted, like if it's going to cut into sleep or make it more stressful, I always, you know, tell my athletes that, you know, you have to kind of do those things, but if you're not just getting after it because you don't feel like it or because, you know, Oh man, like, like I'll tell you this, like for most times when I wake up in the morning, like I feel tired and I like, I honestly, like this morning was an exception. I was excited to do the workout, but like there's some times where I wake up and I'm just like, fuck, like I'm, I don't, I don't know if I want to do this workout. And like, I know in deep down I do, but like (laughs) the tiredness, like I'm usually pretty groggy when I wake up. So I'm like, okay, like I, uh, you know, And I get up and I say, like, I feel like I don't want to do this thing. But that's the moment when you have to do those things. You have to do those things. You have to show up. You have to be stronger than the excuses. Now, again, like in extreme circumstances or where you're cutting into sleep or stress levels, as a coach, I always say, like, yes, we can modify the plan and, like, we don't want to push it too, too much. But, like, if, like, someone is just, like, you know, inherently just not showing up or like anything like that. Or even if I'm looking at myself and I'm like, Hey, like, are you like trying to be a little lazy right now? Then I know I'm like, okay, no, like we got to get out there because I want to be better. And like, that's, that's the thing that kind of goes after it as well. And here's the reality. Like you won't always nail it. Like you won't always nail it. Like there are times, even when I've had workouts that don't go the way that I want to, And in those moments, you have to see those moments as not, again, a definitive statement of who you are. And this goes into a whole podcast on failure and how to deal with it, which is something that's going to be on my docket of talking about um, in the next few episodes. But um, when you get to the point, like, I'll give you an example. So um, when... I first made the goal that I wanted to go for Havelina 100 and I want to get the golden ticket. When I did the first Havelina 100, I came in 10th place male um, and was three hours off the golden ticket. Now, in that moment, yes, I did not get the golden ticket. Um, What I could have said is gone in that moment and been like, hey, like, oh, like I wasn't cut out for this. Like I wasn't cut out for this. Like, oh man, I don't know if it was this. But there's two ways that I've approached that and I've approached many other failures in my life. Because I will tell you, the race I did after that was Black Canyon 100K and it went significantly worse to the point where, you know, I was 29th and like it was way off from the golden ticket. I just did not have a good race. Um, but there are two ways to look at these things is number one, like measure that progress to where you were like years before. And I looked at that and I said like, okay, like sure I didn't get the golden ticket goal, but like, holy shit, like 10th place male, like, and I have no running background, like I'm one of the most competitive hundred milers, like that's fucking rad. Like that's awesome. And the second thing is celebrating the failures because you actually learn something in there. So let's take a look at, again, the requirements to get better is to learn and put in the work. And when you fail, guess what? You learn. So great. You are moving closer towards your goal. So like for me after Javelina, I said, okay, like I need to learn about pacing a lot smarter. That was like really my big downfall in the first thing. I need to learn about pacing a bit smarter out there. When I did Black Canyon, 
a big thing on there was again, it was a little bit more of like pacing a hundred K, right? Cause that was the first time I had raced a hundred K and I was like, okay, I need to learn how to pace a hundred K in a smart way. And that's great. And that's awesome. And that actually propels me forward to my goal because now I have new information that's going to get there because I know in order to get to where I need to be, I need to learn and put in the work and I just put in the work and maybe I didn't get further from putting in the work, but Hey, I got further from learning. So a lot of those things play onto each other because when you learn, you get to put in the work that's going to be much more resulting into the right direction that you want to go. But sometimes when you put in the work and you don't get closer where you go, at least you learn. So that's going to help you to get forward. So those things are feedback loops that get off of each other. So whether or not you make it in the right direction or the wrong direction, it doesn't matter. Like seeing those things, whenever you miss the mark, don't see them as like, oh, I'm not cut out for this or see like, because your brain might go. And listen, for me at Javelina, it went like this. It was like, see, you're not made out for this. And I said, eh, bullshit. Like, no, like, look at this shit. Like, look at this progress that I made. Like, this is amazing. And so we have to like really circumnavigate our brain because here's, here's the reality. And and this is, you know, something that is really, really important to mention. Even if you have a strong growth mindset, even if you have the strong belief in yourself, you are still going to probably have those negative thoughts. I haven't met anyone who doesn't have negative thoughts to this day. I even still get negative thoughts all the time. I still get negative thoughts all the time. But the thing is, it doesn't matter if you have the negative thoughts that pop into your head. It matters if you believe them to be true because the only time that negative thoughts have a power is if you believe them to be true. And one of the best examples I heard about this is like, have you ever had a time where like someone was really annoying you and they were just getting just really on your nerves and like the thought popped in your head and then you said like, I'm going to go ahead and like kill this guy. Right. And a lot of you might be like, Whoa, like that's crazy because yes, that's what you have in your brain. You're like, Oh, that's crazy. You're like, I'm not actually going to kill this guy. Like I'm a pretty good person. I have a head on my shoulders and everything like that because why and you didn't believe that thought because you didn't believe it to be true but if you were to believe that thought you're either like whoa i need to be checked into a mental hospital or something like that right like those like that's like where you would have that thought on there as well now why don't we just treat our negative thoughts in the same way negative thought pops in her head and says i wasn't cut out for that bullshit bullshit thought like i don't believe that stuff because i know i can get better like i know i can make myself made for this stuff right if that makes sense. I don't know. We're, we're, I think that makes sense. But you get the point here is that, you know, even if you have the hardwired beliefs, the negative thoughts are still going to come in, but you have to believe them not to be true. Because once you believe them not to be true, ultimately that's going to get you further to where you need to be in your life. And like you don't see those thoughts as there because a lot of the times what happens is if we believe the negative thought to be true, therefore it has power over us. And if we believe that thought to be true, then all of a sudden we're going to collect evidence in all these different areas about that thing being true, right? So like if it's like, oh, like maybe I'm not cut out for this, then we're not going to show up to the training block because we believe we're not cut out for this, right? Like and everything like that. But if we say, if it says I'm not cut out for this and we're like, eh, bullshit, like I know I can get better. And what I do is like when I Whenever I fail, whenever I do these things or ever I catch like my brain just throwing in a thought saying like, I'm not good at this thing, I always just say, I can become anyone who I want to become as long as I'm willing to put in the work and I'm willing to learn. And so that's just the big thing on there as well. So just know that it's on theirs. But what I want y'all to do is like just a little bit of homework after this podcast episode. And if you're out there running, like after you run, I want you to do this for sure is definitely go down and write down like the things deep down, like, and, and listen, your brain's going to probably throw up like a bunch of these things, like saying, don't set those goals or anything like that. What are some big scary goals or some visions that you want to accomplish? 
accomplish as an ultra runner. Is it running 100 miles? Is it 200 miles? Is it 250 miles? And think about it. If you can't have those things come to the forefront, what are some things that like you see and you admire in other people, but you're like, I could never do that. I don't know if I could do that. I'm too late in my career. I don't know. What are those things that you can do? And, and, you know, that could be running your first 200 miler. That could be getting on the podium of a hundred miler. That could be, you know, hitting a PR that could be just running your first ultra, like whatever those things are, write those things down that are scary that, you know, you admire. And like, I would say, you know, here's the best way to pose this question. If you truly believe that anything was possible, what are the things you would go for? If you truly believe that anything was possible, no limits. And like, that means taking off like skill sets, abilities, anything like that. If you truly believe that anything was possible, what would you do? in your ultra running career. Sit down and write those things there. And then when you're looking at those things, right, you might come up and like all those things in your head might come up saying, well, like, you know, you're, you're not fast enough. You can't like hit this certain PR. You can't hit this. Uh, you can't do hundred miles because like you're, you know, uh, you're later in the career. Like you can't do hundred miles cause you don't know how to climb because you just live in like Ohio and you know, it's super flat and I don't know why I'm picking on Ohio, but like, you know, that was the first thing that came to mind. But regardless, no, no disrespect to Ohio, by the way, shout out to anyone who's listening from Ohio. But, um, basically what I'm saying here is like looking at those things that your brain's throwing at you saying, why can't you do these things? And think about that, that thing and say, and then putting that yet statement at the adverse of it as well. Right. So if it's saying, Oh, I can't do this because I don't have the endurance to run a hundred miles yet. Oh, I can't do this race like the Uray 100 because it's got a lot of climbing because I'm not a good climber yet. Now, if it's a statement like I'm too old or anything like that, I always say, right. So obviously it doesn't work in that scenario. It says like, I'm too old yet, or, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not athletic yet. Right. Like those things do obviously don't, don't work. But what I would do is try and find evidence of people doing what you're doing at that specific, uh, like at your specific age, at your specific situation or anything like that. And so like, I, I know like for me, like when I was getting into this journey, like I looked at a lot of people who didn't have a running background, who were absolutely freaking crushing it in the ultra world. And I said like, Oh great. Like this is something that's totally possible. And I can like a hundred percent do this. Right. And so, um, I looked at people who really went from like zero running background to doing great things in the ultra running world. And that got me inspired because it showed that it was possible because here's like the thing that I'll wrap up on is like, if someone is human, then I know that they can do anything they set their mind to. And that sounds like a cheesy, like self-help motivational thing. But like I said, in the beginning of the podcast, humans are meant to adapt. We are meant to adapt. We're meant to get better. And if we believe that to be true, that means anyone who is human can adapt to the situation that they need to get to in order to get to their biggest goals. And so like if you look and you see someone else doing and better yet, multiple people doing the thing that you want to do. So like if you, uh, you know, might be being like, hey, like, you know, I live in an area that's not conducive to the mountains, right? Like I live in Florida or I'm, I'm not going to pick on Ohio again, but, uh, you know, I live in Florida and I want to train for Leadville, but there's no climbing around there. Look for people who have done mountainous races who live in Florida, right? There might be people in ultra running groups, or there's a lot of professionals who live in flat areas who do train for mountainous races. Like look for situations like that to see that it is possible. And then the second thing is find out how they did that thing. And whether that's by like podcast interviews that they were on or sending them a message and being like, how did you do that? Right? Like for me, when someone reaches out to me and they're like, Hey, I'm not a runner, but I want to get better. Like, how can I do this? I'm willing to help. That's why I coach. And I think it's also why, you know, a lot of the athletes who do come to me resonate with not having so big of a running background and they want to get better um, because 
I went through the same thing and I think that's great. So it's like trying to find the person who did the thing that you want to do and learn how they did it. That's like a really, really great place to start. And so that way, like if you have the thing that says like I'm too old or anything like that, instead of just putting the yet thing on there, you're looking for the proof and the evidence and belief in the human element that that other people are doing this. And if you find out what they did to get there, you can likely recreate that situation. And I'm not saying like take the same training plan or anything like that. Take the principles that they applied in their situation to get there where they want to be. And ultimately that will help you to put in the right work to get to where you need to be and ultimately hit that goal of finishing your first ultra, winning a hundred miler, like what whatever kind of goal you're going for on there. And, and here's the thing too, like no goal is off, like whatever goal is right for you is the right goal, right? I'm not saying that you have to like shoot for the stars and like, you know, um, you know, get out the shoot for the podium or shoot for a fast time or anything like that. The reality is like whatever goal is the best for you, that's the goal that you want to go for. So anyways, side note on that, but regardless, if you have a growth mindset, if you truly believe to your core that you can become anyone who you want to become, as long as you're willing to learn and put in the work and you're willing to ultimately get back up each time when you fail, when things aren't going the right way, and you can make those daily action steps every single day to not believe the negative thoughts, to ultimately reinforce the positive thoughts, even if they are very small, even reinforce the positive actions that you're taking in your training, you can accomplish anything you want. And that, my friends, that's my Everyday Ultra community is what the big mindset shift is to achieve anything you want in the ultra distance, in the ultra world in the ultra world. I don't know. I ultra in the world of ultra running. There you go. Oh man, I really wish that was a cleaner thing and I could edit that out and redo it, but you know what? Fuck it. We're doing it live. Um, but anyways, that's the key to getting whatever goal that you want in there as well. And then again, from there, all you need is the right training plan. All you need is the right, uh, you know, uh, workouts and everything like that. But if you don't have the mindset piece, it's great because I've seen people who have an incredible training block, who have just like awesome training block. And then in the end of the day, you know, sometimes the mind comes into place and, you know, wrecks it. And listen, this has happened to me before in the past. I remember like some of like the biggest training blocks that I put into my life and then getting to the race and just all of a sudden it's just kind of fizzling away um, was because, you know, I had this belief that was coming off in the back of my head. And it was when I reshifted those things that I show up at a race like Javelina, where it was like, I'm at this start line and I can do this. And that's why like a lot of people even come to me and they're like why the fuck are you saying that you can go for a golden ticket when you've never even like won like a premier race um you know in in the past before and i'm just saying like you know what like because i fucking believe that i can and that's not delusion it's and you could call it delusion a lot of people do call it delusion there's even someone who left a podcast review on this podcast if you're an apple podcast you can see that someone called me delusional for going for a golden ticket but that doesn't matter like the, the point is i believe that i can get there will i get there this year will i get there next year will i get there the year before that who knows, but I know I will eventually get there. And that's the last thing I will say on here is that on a long enough timeline, you can accomplish anything. And that's like the big thing as well is on a long enough timeline. So like, I think a lot of times people overestimate what they can do in a year, but they underestimate what they can do in five. They overestimate what they can do in a year, but they underestimate what they can do in five. So they go through a whole year of like this whole progress. And then all of a sudden, like they don't get to where they need to be. And they say, oh, I'm not cut out for it. When if they just stuck to it, maybe two years or three years, like they're going to get there. Because a lot of the times if we don't get in year run, we're like, oh man, this could be like a five year thing or like whatever. But again, people underestimate what they can do in five years. So 
if you're staying consistent with it, if you really believe that this is something that's important to you and you want to get better at it, it's going to take time. And on a long enough timeline, anyone can get good at anything on a long enough timeline. So you got to have, ah, man, I hate the word patience, but like you got to have a little bit of patience in the process to know that it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's going to be a process that comes along. And that's a whole nother podcast episode that we can go into. But just know that even if it takes you year, two year, three years, you can still get on that track to get to that next goal for sure. All right, everybody. Did you like that mindset episode? I, let me know if you did because I want to do, you know, obviously I have like the training application episodes at the episodes with the guests, but I also want to do some mindset episodes as well. So if you enjoyed this mindset episode and you want to see more of it, um, feel free to send me an email at everydayultrapodcast at gmail.com or just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I know I usually take about like a week or so to, to respond on Instagram, so please bear with me on there, but like I would love to hear your feedback if you want to hear more mindset episodes um, because I really, really enjoy these episodes. Like I love personal development. I love this stuff. Like I even love this kind of stuff before I started running. So, um, I'm something I'm super passionate about and something I believe is really, really going to help. And, you know, was a big changer game changer in my ultra running career. And I hope it will be in yours as well. I know it will be if you apply those things, right? Because again, you can have the best training, but if the thing, if the muscle between your ears is not firing in the right way, it can lead to disaster out there for race day. So, let me know if you like that. Um, also too, um, if you like this stuff as well and you want me to be your personal mentor or coach and helping you to learn and put in the work to figure your ultra goals, um, I also coach ultra, ultra marathon athletes, no matter your skill level, no matter what goal you are, um, but I will help you accomplish your biggest ultra running goals, help you give you the training plan customized to your own needs to get there as well, but also to be someone who's going to be in your corner, helping you to reinforce those beliefs, all those things as well, helping you get through the mindset shifts. Now, right now, I do have a full roster of athletes, but I have a wait list that is growing and growing and growing. So if you want to get on the wait list for a first come first serve opportunity to work with me one-on-one for your next ultra goal, please reach out to me at everydayultrapodcast at gmail.com. And I will get back to you within 24 to 48 business hours and we'll ultimately put you on that wait list and we'll reach out when there's a spot opened up as well. But also too, if you want more tips uh, in the meantime, please subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joe Corsio and I have tons of tips that I post there very, very frequently. And I dive into all my training as well. And uh, it's no holds barred stuff. So anyways, my friends, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I appreciate you all. Remember, you can do anything you set your mind to as long as you're willing to learn and put in the work. And remember, my friends, be a better ultra runner every single day. And we will talk real soon. Take care, everybody.